Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and begin today how to taste the goodness of God. Hallelujah. As you're finding a seat, I want to make a quick announcement. We'll make an announcement hopefully at the end of the service. If you received a tithing report this week for last year and it was only for half the year, that's our mistake. We'll make that up. We have two bookkeepers last year. And so we sent you one of the bookkeepers, the other bookkeeper is getting the final tally. They'll be getting uh, another report to you. And if ever you feel like that that report is not exactly what you have, please see us. We can make changes to keep both of those in correct standing. Let's pray. Father, today you are a gracious God. And Father, we're just so excited uh, of where we are right now because we know that you have us in the right place. And Father, as we hear this message today, that God, that we go forth with, with a, an attitude of gratitude of what you're doing in and through us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning I start a, a series on favor. Can you say that with me? Favor. Has anybody ever been somebody's favorite? Let me, let me see your hand. Maybe your mama's. You have a face only mama could love, and at times she's not too fond of it. Well, we're talking about something better than that. Better than a mama's favor. Better than a teacher's favor. Better than your husband or wife's any favor. This is the favor of God on your life. In the next couple weeks, or in the next two weeks, this week and next week, we're going to be talking about how to taste the goodness of God. And we had some things today, so we're going to just keep moving through this. And I would like for you to take notes because, again, a, a, a short pencil is better than even a long memory. Because you can write it down and, and then you bring it back. In dark times, you know, the valley of the shadow of death, I can fear no evil because God is with In the valley of the shadow of death, you're going, God, I don't see you tasting that. I don't, I don't see you. You bring back the notes, and again, you're hearing the Word of God by reading it again. You're hearing the Word of God, and by hearing the Word of God, faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. Hearing and hearing the Word of God. This year, we're believing, is a year of harvest. How many would like to see harvest come in your life? You know, there's years of sowing seeds, and you're saying, God, I'd like to see a harvest. This is the year. Can we agree for harvest in our lives this year? In the church's life. You know, we, we sowed a lot of seed by building those buildings on the uh, west end of the property. And, and I'm believing and believing for a harvest this year of souls. The, the scripture I want to kind of stand on during this series is Psalm 65 verse 11. It says this. Your, you crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. I think I heard some crickets even in the middle of that. Let me say it again. You, talking about God, you crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. How many would like to see that happen in our lives this year? I can tell I've got some preaching today. So if we're going to have to maybe install some seatbelts on those chairs, because here we go. This is Super Bowl Sunday when we're talking about football. 
But this could be your super Sunday in your life. We, we all are in different places in our journey and in our development, in our maturity with God. There's some people that have been in, in, in God for a hundred years, well, maybe not a hundred years, let's say 75 years. But that might mean that they have grown and matured and, and, and worked the word and worked faith in their life. And they sing, you know, uh, songs like you are faithful. And, and, you know, God, you're faithful and all the songs about faith. And they stand there and they just they, they have a different perspective than me or maybe you. And, and, and they've worked. The, and then there's somebody that just gave their life maybe to God last week or recommitted their life to God last week. And they're going, you know what, man, I, I'm working this out. There, there's all kinds of levels. So first of all, I want us to realize that. But this morning can be a super Sunday in revelation of what you hear in your life. Some of us will have to unframe our thinking based on what we heard. I know John Miller has have heard things that were not true. And to my shame, I've repeated those things and then later found out that wasn't even true. If you've ever done that before, people that even might have meant good in your life might have said something and you picked up on it and you put it with what you believe and, and walked it out and that wasn't even true. This morning, some of us will get a revelation that will change the way that we think. Therefore, our whole perspective will change. And we'll begin to expect things that we have never expected for in our life. I believe that. The goodness of God. Now, this morning, I want you to quickly turn. And we're going to read this passage. Leviticus chapter 26. Now, now we know that if you don't know the uh, passage in Deuteronomy 28, again, if, if I can just have your attention, because this is important when I read this passage, this is in the Old Testament. This is God speaking to his children. They've come out of slavery. Now, remember that slavery. They've been in slavery doing what Pharaoh had told them to do when they're supposed to do it and how they're supposed to do it, even with lack of resources. So now it's a day of freedom. And God says, these things I put into place. The covenant that what we took this morning is a new covenant. What, what we did with the Lord's Supper. But God is telling his people, I'm making a covenant with you. Now I want you to be clear that I love you. And I want the best for my children. And in Deuteronomy 28, he goes into saying, you'll be blessed if you do the things I, I tell you to do. You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the country. You'll be blessed coming in, going out. And then all the things that you have will be blessed. Now, now, again, watch this. In Leviticus, again, this is kind of what he's saying in a different way, in a different book. In Leviticus 26, it goes, watch this. He is telling them, don't do this, but do this. He says, do not make idols or set up an image of a sacred stone for yourself. And do not place a carved stone in your land to bow down before it. I am the Lord your God. In other words, I'm the one that's doing this. Don't put something before me and go, aha, this is the reason for the favor on my life. God says, don't do that. Now again, if, if, if we as his children do the same thing, it's my job, it's my reputation, it's my family background, it's my education, it's my looks, 
that do all the favor in my... Come on now. We're putting things before God as a source of the favor that's in our life. He says, don't do that. He says, I'm the Lord your God. Observe my Sabbath. Observe my rest. That's what we're doing. And have reverence for my sanctuary. I'm the Lord. In verse 3, listen. There's consequences. And the word if starts it out. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you rain in its season. And the ground will yield its crop and the trees their fruit. Now again, for us, we go, well, that's good. I think maybe I could do without some vegetables and fruit. But in our world, God sends his favor on our economy and our blessings of our jobs are in, in, in place. Now watch this. He says, your threshing will continue until grape harvest. In other words, you're going to be harvesting until another harvest comes. And then the grape harvest will continue until planting and you'll eat all the food you want and live in safety in your land. Now, 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 now. How many people's up for a little bit of that? Harvest is just coming and coming. We're planting while we're harvesting. We're planting because we know that the seed that we're planting is going to bring a harvest. And God says, as you walk in my commands, as children, you're walking into my decrees and you're looking at the word of God and you're doing the things that the word of God says over your life. These are the favor. This is the blessing that's going to come on you. Now, now just hear me. Write down that. Leviticus 26, and you could write Deuteronomy 28, and you could say, well, is that right? Until you're blue in the face, go back and read it in the Word of God. John Miller didn't make that up. So let's continue. When it says, let me read that last part, and live in safety in your land. Now, I just want to bring this out because it, I, I believe that it just hit me when I read that. And live in safety in your land. See, sometimes we think that because we have the biggest, baddest military. And let me tell you, we all hopefully love our military and what they've protected us. But let me tell you, I, I believe that there's more than that. Because we know that, you know, this psychologist, uh, Abraham Maslow. He says that the basic needs of a man is, we know that is food, clothing, shelter, warmth. But also rest is a need. We can't just continually run, run, run. There's a need of rest. But the next need that you have and I have is safety. Now, now, before we go on to another one, we have to have that need met. Safety. Before we go on to need of belonging and, and our love needs. And then before that or after that is a esteem needs. We have to have esteem. We have to have the feeling that we're doing something of value. And then the last one is self-actualization, that we're actually reaching and we're living for a purpose. All those needs, but you have to first, if you don't have food, clothing, and shelter, and rest, all that other stuff doesn't matter to you. And I guess there's one even more important than all of those, and that's oxygen. Huh? You don't have oxygen, you don't even care about food. So there's a stack of needs, but after the food, clothing, is safety. And what hit me is a lot of times we walk, we can walk as Christians, as children of God, in fear. You know, I don't know when the last time I was afraid. Some of you guys can, I'm John Wayne, I'm never afraid. 
All you have to do is wonder the next time your car breaks down, oh no, how am I going to pay for that? All these little things that try to come in and, and we, oh no. You know what I'm talking about. I don't see anybody shaking their head like this, so I'm kind of feeling kind of rough up here. But if we, if we have safety and God says, you're going to live in the land and be safe. You, you don't have to walk in fear. He goes on to say, I will grant peace in the land. I'm up for a little peace. And you will lie down and no one will make you afraid. I will remove wild beasts from the land and the sword will not pass through your country. You will pursue your enemies and they will fall by the sword before you. Now, now remember this quote because we'll, we'll bring it out later in, in messages. But here the blessing says, five of you will chase a hundred. And a hundred of you will chase ten thousand. And your enemies will fall by the sword before you. Okay, here's the drum roll, verse 9. I will look on you with favor and make you fruitful and increase your numbers. And I will keep my covenant with you. Hallelujah. You will still be eating last year's harvest when you will have to move it out to make room for the new. <laughs> Just can we take a second on that? We're eating when the new is coming in. We're going to have to move this on out. I believe not to throw it away, but to bless somebody else even with more. Now, now some of you, as I'm going to continue reading, it's going, oh, now, Pastor, that's not for us. I hope you just hold that for a minute. Verse 11, I will put my dwelling place among you. Now, now remember, there's something about the presence of God that we've all experienced. That's why sometimes you can come to church and you go, you know, there's just something about being at the church. As we come and, and we know that we're two or three are gathered in, in his name, that's where we feel the presence of God. He says, you will have my presence with you and I will not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt so that you would no longer be slaves to the Egyptians. Now, listen to this. I broke the bars of your yoke, which a yoke is like on an oxen that he has to pull. God's saying, I broke that yoke and enabled you to walk with heads held high. Now, now I, I want you to see this because as we talk about tasting the goodness of God, as we as believers and, and everybody, everybody that breathes, everyone desires to be joyful. You know that there's something wrong with the person that doesn't want to experience joy in their life. It's opposite of being fearful. That doesn't mean that there's some temperaments that are melancholy, that are detail-oriented, and sometimes it's good to go, well, you never know, you know, a little bit negative. But hopefully, even if you are detail-minded, you're part of the body of Christ and we need you but if you dwell on the negative so long and you're just always going, you know, I just kind of like being fearful. I just kind of like being in that. Take note. It's time for change. Being joyful 
is an adjective of joy. It, it's a feeling. Now, now hear me. It's a feeling. It's a feeling of expressing or causing great pleasure and happiness. You could say it's a form of contentment or a rest in joy. Now, now remember that word rest because it's so important as you're experiencing the favor of God on your life that that word rest resonates inside of you. Because it says that even though some of the people did not enter into the promise the, for restfulness. In other words, when the children of Israel came up into the... And we heard that in the Christian education today. And let me tell you, it is so important that it is to continue to hear this. And this morning at 9.30, we, we heard Joyce Myers talk about the, the mind and the thinking. And it goes hand in hand with this. I want to encourage you strongly to be here at 9.30 next week as we're walking this out. This is amazing for your year that you're putting things together. Well, Pastor, I don't know if I can get up early. Most people get to work at 9 o'clock. So you can be here at 9.30. Let me tell you, I believe in you. I'm your big cheerleader. You can do it. I know that. Anyway, we'll just keep going. Joy. It brings happiness. It brings rest. It, but you have to work the Word to enter into that belief that His Word is true. It, it's a rest. I believe that His promises are yes and amen. You, you're working that because I'm telling you, I'm like anybody else. I can look at all the things that are going well and choose to look at all the things that are going bad. If I can fix those, this will even be better. But what's the problem? I look at this too long and this isn't as good as it was. The good, the favor, the blessings. It says that if you do these things, all this will come upon you. In Deuteronomy 28, it says the blessings will come and overtake you. I always get a laugh at that because I think of, you know, blessing, whatever icon that would be, or little figure, chasing me and overcoming me. Oh, just feel it. Feel it. It's almost too good to be true. And the reason it's almost too good to be true is because we live in a soup, a world that doesn't believe that. The negative, the thoughts that are against this, which again is the Word of God, sets itself up against God. And that's the battle that we're going to be talking about dealing with, can you taste the goodness of God right now in your life? All the rewards and all the protection and all the favor, it says, can be forfeited by disobedience. Now, last week, we let me just say this. Last week, we talked about the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving is what we all used to be. We talked about last week a picture of who you used to be. Ephesians chapter 2 starts out by Paul saying, you know, let me just bring out a picture to kind of remind you. Hey, hey, who are you? This is who you used to be. And he says this, and you now are made alive when you were dead, slain by your trespasses and sin. In other words, you were slaver, in slavery just like your forefathers were in slavery to Pharaoh. 
doing everything. You're enslaved to sin. In which at one time you walked habitually, you were followed or following the course and the fashion of this world. You were under the sway of the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power there. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellion, and the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. When we enter into the covenant of God and make Him Lord and Savior of our life, you realize it's a divine covenant. That God set the boundaries. He said He made the offer. We don't come in and go, I would like to change section 3, paragraph 4, into saying, when I feel like doing it. Can we do that, God? Huh? Can we do that? No, you, you don't do that. God says, here's what I'm offering to you. My word. So we, we know that there's not too many people that are honest or sane that wants to burn forever in hell. There's a lot of people, because they just don't believe God. Or that there is a God. But Paul is saying that that's who we used to be. We were in control of Satan, which again, some people go, well, how is that possible? Because I never accepted Satan. If you would say that, just realize, let, let me say this. A man doesn't know he needs to be saved until he realizes that he's lost. And there's a lot of people that will go, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to listen to that. But that doesn't make the fact that we're born into a sinful world any less real. Paul says that's who you were before you made the decision to come to know Christ and to make Him Lord and Savior of your life. He says that's who you used to be, but it's not who you are today. Now, now listen to this. He says, you're redeemed, you're sanctified, which you're made whole. You're made holy. And you're indwelt with the Holy Spirit living inside of us as believers. You're alive, truly, you're alive at last. Now, now again, stick with me. You're set free of prison. What we sang last week, and let me remind you the song that we sing all the time. Trading my sorrows. I, I'm trading my shame. That, that's who I used to be. I, I'm laying them down for the glory of the Lord. Because I'm willing to lay all that I used to be down. It's for the glory of what God did for me. It goes on to say, I'm trading my sickness. How can you do that if you're not favored of God? It goes on to say, I'm trading my pain. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. Then it goes on to say, yes, Lord, meaning that I confess that. Then that song says, I'm pressed but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. I'm blessed beyond the curse for His promise will endure. As we confess that with our mouth and sing that song, 
Sometimes you get that, you know, that beat going, and I'm trading. Hey, I'm tra- move the slide. I'm trading my, and you're not hearing yourself sing what you're actually singing. I can see you've been there with me. And then it gets to the my part of the crescendo where it says, "And his joy's going to be my strength." The joy of the Lord is my strength. The enemy comes against your joy by bringing fear. You're not favored. You won't taste of God's goodness in your life. You might have heard it, but you're not going to experience it for you. That's what he does and takes away that joy. But the song that we confess, and his joy is going to be my strength. Though the sorrow may last for a night. We go through Hard times sometimes. We know that James says that we go through trials and tribulation, but they work persecution so that we would like nothing. Perfect. Why does Daniel and Giselle have to go back? They did everything right. What Didn't God love them? Though the sorrow may last for the night, his joy is going to come in the morning. I said last week that Joy coming in the morning doesn't necessarily mean a.m. It means when you wake up. And sometimes you need to be driving down the road going, I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know. You're going to go, wake up! My joy is going to come right now in the morning. I'm just waking up and I'm realizing that the favor of God is on me. And sometimes you need to say that because I think a lot of times those people will say, I never win anything. Say, today's the day I'm going to win. Okay, here's where I'm going to insert this part. I've been saving this little nugget here. They tell me when the space rocket shot towards the moon, that it was off course consistently about 90 plus percent of the time. Some say 93, some say 97. Would get off course. And it would have to fire its engines again and the machines inside would adjust and get it back on course. Some of you need a little... Somebody received that this morning. You need to, again, be in the Word of God. You need to be at church. Well, Pastor, isn't that legalist? Let me tell you, some of us need to suffer a little legalism before we know what legalism is. Some of us have so much freedom, we say, we don't even have to be at church. How's that doing? You're eh, 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 eh. I don't feel it. We don't all need to feel it. Just do it. Allow the Word of God to adjust you back on course. I'm going to say that illustration next week too, so just in case you hear it again. I'm not losing it. I, I did remember. I'm going to, okay. Let me, let me point this out. You might believe in the goodness of God, but you personally don't know how to taste the goodness of God in your own life. This morning, I, I want you to 
learn how to experience tasting for yourself the goodness of God. To realize our God is good, as he said himself in Malachi, I'm the same as I was yesterday, today, and forever. I never change. So if we believe anywhere that God was good, he doesn't change. He was good yesterday, he's good today, and he will be good for you tomorrow, just like he is today and yesterday. He doesn't change. To realize that Psalms 34 in the Word of God says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. There's a difference, though, between knowing and experiencing it for yourself. See, you can testify for the truth. I've tasted the goodness of God if you've experienced it for yourself. But but we live in a in a in a world, and for example, there's people that'll say, you know what? Grandma experienced the goodness of God. She tasted and saw that God was good. And I've just heard about it all my life. Do you believe in the goodness of God? Yeah, I believe in the goodness. Have you tasted the goodness? Well. Can I, can I just tell you? It's kind of like, let me, let me just give you an example today. Take your time. Something about oh, cold milk and chocolate cake. You want to go to Brazil early? We're streaming it to Brazil and all his families are going, no, I'm just kidding. Some of you have, have, let's say this. This is what's called a chocolate cake. Chocolate. Oh my, that is good. Oh. Taste and see. Maybe you believe that God is good, but you personally haven't tasted the goodness of God in your life. All of you have seen Pastor John taste this cake. And you've seen that I've... Oh, that's good stuff. You believe that there's cake there. You believe that it's good, but you, I can, I can testify of its goodness. And our Father wants us as His children to be able to testify of His goodness and not just say, well, I believe in the goodness of God. The goodness of God doesn't come in seasons. And sometimes we've been taught that. That we just are waiting for the season to see the goodness of God before we can actually taste the goodness of God. 
If you're a Christian that's here today and you're a child of God and you don't believe in the goodness of God, let me, let me again remind you that, that Jesus himself said in John 10.10, write that down, John 10.10. It's easy to remember, but you need to write it down. John 10.10. I have come that you may have life, that you might enjoy life, that you have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. If we're believing in a harvest this year, we're believing that we don't just get a harvest of God's goodness just enough for us, but we are blessed to be a blessing. Of tasting the goodness of God, we begin to be able to share that with other people that we experienced. So the, the, the time is, is getting away. So let me just get, there's three steps that I'm going to talk about in the next two weeks. This morning, I'm going to just talk about the first one. And then we're going to expound on that. We're going to kind of go into uh, different ways of, again, putting in front of our eyes and ears in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to encourage you to be faithful to the house of the Lord because whatever gets our attention will get our focus. And whatever gets our focus determines our direction. And our direction determines our destiny. It's not good intentions. Well, I meant to be there. I'll watch it online. Just, just do it. The number one thing, and again, as we're in different areas of our journey, different people are in different places, some people will have to hear, some people will hear this for the first time and they'll go, whoa! Another person will say, I, I've heard that before. I need to do it because I'm not doing it now. And there's some people that will have to, again, hear it just like the rocket ship and kind of get back on course. First thing in learning how to taste of the goodness of God is renewing your mind to the goodness of, of God. Renewing your mind. Everything as a believer comes down to realizing your identity is based on God's identity. Now watch this, that when we realize that God is who he is and he says he can do what he can do, he actually can do it. What he says he can do, he can do it. When we realize who he is, and I can't tell you how many people will work on third-hand revelation. They've never tasted, they've just heard about God. I'm encouraging you in 2019 to get into the word of God and allow him to reveal himself to you. Then it's first-hand revelation. When you get a first-hand revelation of God, everything changes. Let me check it. Not everything's going to be still perfect. Okay. So this morning, when we realize renewing our mind to the goodness of God helps us realize His identity. When we realize He's a God of love instead of a God that, you know, wants to get us at every chance, there's a lot of people like that. I've had people that come to church for a couple of weeks and they they say, you know, Pastor, I don't know if I can come anymore. You just don't, <laughs> they're kind of in a joke, you don't beat us up enough. And I was like, what? They were used to somewhere down the line, somebody always telling them that they're no good and that they're one inch away from falling over into hell. I'm sorry, that's not my God. That's not the God that you'll read about in the Word of God. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. We heard that this morning in our Christian education. Some of us will have to change our thinking or you could say unframe your thinking. There's something in your life if this goes against, well, I, don't, I just can't. I can't get my mind around the goodness of God that He wants that for me. You'll have to change 
what has framed your thinking. Again, it could be someone in your past that meant well, that looked at you and said, you'll never amount to anything, and you kind of spun that plate now for 50 years. Something happened, a bad experience. And a lot of times you've been exposed to even religion instead of having a relationship with God. And here, here's what the thing is, is religion, again, well-meaning people. We're not just trying to beat them all up and they're all a bunch of, you know, no good. No, 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 no. Well-meaning people that didn't base their life on the word of God, but they based their life on their own experience. The experience that we go through does not make the word of God untrue. The Word of God, again, gives us the Word of God over and over. God gives us the Word of God to, to realize that He is in favor of healing our sicknesses, our poverty, to teach us something of His glory. There, there's something about, though, down deep inside, even though you might know that, you're not expecting to taste the goodness of God for yourself. Again, it's the testimony of the chocolate cake. For those people that are here today that, again, question, think of just reading the Word of God of what the Son of God did for you if you don't believe that He loves us and wants the best for us, to lay down His life for us. Now, now, I wrote this down. Is this you? That you might be hesitant to expect all of his goodness for fear of disappointment that comes into your life. I just, you know, if, if I really begin to believe the goodness of God is for me in my life, I might be disappointed, so it's better for me just to kind of back off, you know, and not really commit to believing that. This morning, I, I want to encourage you to kind of hit the reset button. To wake up to the joy of the Lord. To realize that the favor of God is on your life gives you that confidence to say, you know what? I'm not perfect. But because I'm not perfect, what Jesus did on the cross for me, the Bible says, now if I receive that, I'm the righteousness in Christ Jesus. We talked about the old you going around in cycles doing things and habitual things that you do over and over. And even if that's you today, to realize that that curse can be broken, that that habit can be broken, and that you can walk in a whole new identity. Even if you say, Pastor, I, I believe in the Son of God. I, I've made a commitment, but it seems like I just, I just can't get out of this. What is this? And this, whatever it is, is robbing you of thinking that the goodness of God can be on you. That He is wanting to heal His people. That He is a God of mercy. That God is, a, is loving kindness. That He is a God of compassion. All those passages are in the Word of God. 
this morning to begin renewing your mind by getting into the Word of God. This morning, I want you to put your doubts to rest as this is just the first part of this message. And I bring it to an end. In order to be able to say, God, the things that I've heard in the past that go against that you want to be good to me, I, I, I throw them out. I, I'm going to commit. And let me just tell you, for all of us that go, you know, is, is it possible that God's favor would be on me? I want, I want you to be honest. If today was your birthday, first day of your life, and you would start over, I'm going to ask our ushers to begin passing out some papers. And all they are is a paper, but what's on the paper is life. It's the Word of God. There's passages of the goodness of God. And what I want you to do is this week, as we start this series, and we'll go for weeks, and I'll hand out passages. And, and you just take this, and you, you get by yourself. Gentlemen, whenever you get them, just start passing them out. And when you begin to read those, you just begin to say, that's, that's for me. God, you're good to your people, and God, you're good to me. Can you do that? Am I feeling comfortable? Anytime that you're learning something new or changing your thinking, it might not feel as comfortable as your old way of thinking. But you're trying to, again, allow the Word of God, just like that rocket ship, to readjust to get you back on the course of what God's plan is for your life. When you begin to walk in the goodness of God, what I found out is there's a confidence that comes over you. And when that confidence comes over you, again, you begin to do all these different things. One is being the salt of the earth, the light of the world. People see difference in you. But you begin to do what the Word of God says and favor comes upon God's children. As they're passing this out, I want to remind you of this passage as I end. It's found in Isaiah 30, verse 18. And it's out of the Amplified, which means it's expounded. Now listen to this. This is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. We're talking about the goodness of God and tasting for ourselves. And therefore, it says, The Lord earnestly waits, expecting, looking, and longing to be gracious to you. And therefore, He lifts Himself up that He may have mercy on you and show loving kindness to you. For the Lord is a God of just justice. Now, now, everybody, listen to this. He says this, Blessed. This, this is how you are blessed. Blessed. Happy, fortunate, even to be envied, are all those that this is us. That I'm speaking this over your life. Blessed are those people that are happy, fortunate, to be envied, are all those who earnestly wait for Him, who expect and look and long for Him, for His victory, His favor. His love, His peace, His joy, and His matchless, unbroken companionship. Those are the people that are blessed. Those people that are waiting, resting, waiting. I'm waiting for it. I'm looking, 
Somebody's going to show up at 9 o'clock. You're looking out the window. You're, you're looking. You're longing. Boy, I can't wait till that comes. What are you waiting and longing for? The favor of God. The victory, the favor, the love, the joy, the peace, the unmatched, unbroken companionship. That's what you're waiting for. Quit when the phone rings. Oh, but that's bad news. You're changing your thinking. That's good news. Pastor, you're just talking about positive thinking. I'm a child of God, so you call it what you want. I'm going to walk in the favor of God. Matter of fact, Psalm says that a righteous man fears no bad news. Daniel Koto just told me, talking about Daniel and the immigration, he says that he went to the immigration when he was going through the process and they said, you're denied. He went home and got some uh, godly counsel and he says, okay, he goes back to the place and they go, no, 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 you're approved. What are you? <laughs> this is Super Sunday for some of us. And it can be Super Sunday for all of us. If we just walk in agreement. Would you bow your heads this morning? Father, today we know that as we come to this place in the service. That we take every thought captive. And God, we make it subject to you. Your work in our life. That Father, this week we begin something new in our life. If we haven't already. That we begin to wait on you. That we look and long and expect for your favor in our life. That, Father, we're going to be a group of people, just like ta tasting that chocolate cake this morning that I did, that we're going to be a group of people here on Golden Triangle that meet every Sunday. We're going to be a group of people that can testify we are the people that have tasted and saw that God was good in the land of the living. Right now, right here on this earth, God, we can say with confidence that we have tasted and we can testify that the Lord is good. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen.